Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. The growth stocks are out of favor right now, and that's riskier. Invest Talk. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99 At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, July 29, 2022. We're moving out of July, moving into August. Now, we have, um, we have the re- weekend ahead of us first, though. We do. And just about everybody is concerned with inflation and energy prices and supply, uh, you know, and, uh, interest rates, right? And the market, the economy, everybody, everybody is. I ran across an article, article in Forbes.com, and even though it was written in, in, in pretty much as a complex deep dive into inflation calculation and all those things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to distill some of that information real quick here. It gives a lot of data, and then expresses an opinion, okay? If we use 1970s methodology to calculate today's inflation rate, by the way, do you know what it would be? Using 1970s data, methodology, the, today's inflation rate would be 10.76%. But the government changed how they calculate it, so it's less now. But it would be 10.76. So if accurate, the reading would be comparable to 11.1 inflation rate in 1974. That was the peak. 11.1. That was during the first oil crisis. I was around then. I just think I just graduated from college. Uh, no, a couple of years working. I was working a couple of years. Uh, so it gives you a little bit of perspective. Okay. I'm Steve Pease, and I look forward to doing this podcast because I enjoy hearing from you, you and your questions, your financial issues, questions, anything financial we're going to talk about. I'll be happy to discuss it with you. Most people call about the stock market, of course, and stocks. I'm happy to talk about those. And I will always give you my straight and unbiased answer. My my answer will be have you know very little bias. I don't. I try to wring out the bias as best I can. Okay, I'm sure I do have a bias because everybody does, but I try not to, not to. When I'm talking about a stock or facts or issues, I will tell you in my opinion of something, but I try to stick with the facts. I don't have an agenda here. I really don't. I just want to give you the best information I can give you. Okay. Now I can say for sure. Today's investing situation is very, very different. We t- mentioned that many times. It's just now you're in, in, in a rising interest rate environment, which is vastly different than it's been for many years with their lowering of interest rates down to zero. Now we're on the other side of that. Therefore, investing is going to be different. 
You know, being successful is going to be different than it was in the past. Don't live in the past. Look in the windshield, not the rearview mirror, not the back wheel window. So we're going to have higher inflation. We know that. It's kind of sticking, right? Remember the Fed said a year ago it was temporary. It was transitory was their word. And that ain't true. It wasn't true then. Didn't think it was true then. <laughs> it could get much worse. It could. I don't think it will, but it could. There's certain situations that could push it up to much higher than it is now. Let's hope that those situations don't occur. But, you know, I'm here for for you. I'm here to answer your questions. Our number never changes. It's always the same. The number is 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So let's get right to our first caller question. Hi, this is John from Florida. I appreciate you guys' show. You guys are wonderful. It's calling about COP, Charlie Oscar Papa. Just wondering what you guys thought about it over the next year, five years. The dividend looks uh, pretty good. And I was wondering what you guys think is a good price to pick it up at. Right now, it's less than 3% of my portfolio. Uh, looking to kind of work my way up to uh, that 3% mark, trying to figure out what a good price you guys think uh, would be to, to pick some more up at. Thank you, and enjoy the show. I look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast. Okay, it's ConocoPhillips, COP. ConocoPhillips engaged in exploration production of crude oil and natural gas in 17 countries, $126 billion company. It doesn't pay a very good dividend, only 1.9%. For you know, a $126 billion company does you know, almost $19 billion the last quarter in sales, you would think. Yeah. You get a better dividend, but only 1.9%. Um, it's, it's a fairly inexpensive stock. They're going to make $15 a share this year, $13.5 per share next year. It's a $97 stock. So that pushes the PE way below, you know, seven, seven, uh, around seven, seven and a half. And the lowest it's been in the last five years is seven. Return to is 21%, which is very good. Very strong cash flow. Very, you know, not much debt for, you know, management owns 1%. Mutual funds own 51%. Mutual funds and institutional owners. And they've been buying for the last year. I think it's a pretty good price at $97. I do. I think it's a good price. I'm just not infatuated with that dividend. I think it should be higher. Thanks for the call. appreciate that. That was COP, ConocoPhillips, everybody. My focus point today is based on the story behind this question. How is a bear market different from an economic recession? So signs of a slowing economy have caused investors to be pretty pessimistic this year, right? Now we're having more signs of a slowing economy. Have the, have the investors already put enough pessimism in the stock prices? We've actually had a very good July. The market's run up in July. Still way down from January, but has run up very nicely for July. Okay. So are we going to continue this little rally that we've had? Or is it we're going to turn around and retest the lows? Or what, what's going to happen? No one really knows. And I don't know. I can only give you the numbers and the... What's happened in the past and, you know, those kinds of things, and that's what I will do. We'll talk about that, I promise. Other topics we can get to. Uh, why did the market rise when the Fed increased rates uh, three-quarters of a percent earlier this week? Well, why did they do that? 
Do you have any reasons? Do you have a good reason? We'll talk about it. Exxon, Chevron, Apple, Amazon all have blowout earnings. Huh. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for the economy? What does it mean for employment? And we had an up month for the stocks. Is that good news? As I said, I want to talk about that a little more in depth. You know, why, you know, with the Fed moving rates, uh, and, the, and the stocks had a good month. Why, everybody knows or the, is the Federal Reserve done? I don't think so. So those are things we'll talk about. What do you guys want to talk about? You come first, as you know. Always do come first. The market was up again today. Dow was up 216. I'm sorry, 316. The Nasdaq was 228. And the S&P was up 58. So another good update. Are you excited? You think it's going to collapse? You think this is a, a new bull market come, coming, in, coming at us? Hmm. Be happy to talk about that. There'll be no trivia question because I usually take time out today to talk about the KPP premium newsletter that's in it, what's in it. And that's coming up at the halfway point of the show, the podcast. So as I said, the market was up today and it's been up all for July. Now, we have not had an up month since last year. Well, is that true? Did we have an up month? I'm thinking, did we have an up month in May? Was that a, I know, I don't think so. Hmm. I'm looking at it now, see if I can find it, everybody. Um, well, let's see. It started there. It fell here. Sort of. Nope. Nope. This is the only up month we got. Okay. No, I was doubting myself there for a minute. Anyways, I'm ready to take your calls. It is, this is Invest Talk. It is Friday. We are moving into a break, everybody. Sorry about that. Got to do it. I'm here on duty. I'm ready to answer any of your investment and financial questions. So give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Why do listener questions make Invest Talk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that Invest Talk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, can I have your opinion on buying this ETF, AQWA? It's a water ETF. Thank you so much. 
Okay, it's an ETF that seeks to, pro- to provide price and yield performance of the Selective Global Clean Water Industry Index. So, um, a lot of the good companies in the Clean Water Index, you know, you, you really have to look at them to see what's in there. Because I know a lot of them don't have the greatest numbers, but it's a very good social uh, social uh, effort, a social benefit effort to to push clean water, but, you know, we're, we're here to make money. Um, I think far from a technical point of view, you had a great day today. I mean, from a technical point of view, it's hit a bottom, okay, and the bottom was like $12.37. Today is at fourteen fifty one. The highest it's been is seventeen sixty six. So I, I think it's hit a bottom. Uh, it's going to have a hard time. There's resistance right here, right where it is now. And then more resistance at fifteen dollars and fifty cents. So, but as far as is it a good ETF? Well, we do need clean water. There's a lot of demand out there for clean water. Um, so I wouldn't be opposed to it. But I would look in, at the holdings in that index to see if I like those companies because you can't tell from the ETF how strong their companies in. So that's what I would suggest you do: find out what the holdings are. For this ETF, and analyze the first the ten, their ten uh, highest holdings. That's what I would do. Okay, let's dig into my focus point today, which is based on a story. How is a bear market different from an economic recession? First of all, they're two separate things: a bear market and an economic recession. A recession is the, is is the description of what's going on in the economy, right? Recession is usually the most common definition is two quarters in a row of shrinkage GDP. And by this week, we had a report for the second quarter that, yeah, it fell nine-tenths or shrank nine-tenths of 1%. And the first quarter, we know shrank 1.6%. So by definition that everybody used to say is the definition of recession, and I still think it is, and it is, we are in a recession. Okay. Now, a lot of people say, well, we're not really in a recession. Look how strong the jobs market is still. Well, that is true. It's a very unusual recession, and we'll see if that job market stays strong. But a recession is a view of the economy. A bear market is, is is by definition, 20% fall in stock prices from their peak. And we peaked in January. And we've fallen more than 20%. So they're two separate things. Now, are they related? Yes. They have some relationship with each other because in a recession, usually the stock market falls before a recession is invisible. Think, think about it just where we're in now. We didn't, have, we didn't know we were in a recession. Okay? We didn't. But the stock market started to fall in January. So the stock market had before January, the economy was great, right? And was doing fine. But then in January, things started, the stock market decided, man, we need to, we need to take some profits or sell off or whatever. So the stock market and investors and traders foresaw a recession coming, which is very typical, everybody. They also will foresee the rally. Now, the question you need to ask is July the beginning of the rally? We'll get into that. We will. Okay, 888 99 charters is our number. We said we have one minute left. Is that what I was told? 
30 seconds now. Okay, I got to take a break, everybody. I'm sorry. We're heading to a break. I welcome your finance investment questions, and I promise to get to them right after the break. 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24 7. Don't forget to call Invest Talk, 888 99 Okay, let's go talk to Paul in San Francisco. Hi, Paul. Yes, I have a question about uh, ma- maximum, uh, no, minimum withdrawals, uh, required withdrawals. Um, is, is there a formula for that? Could it be the number of, of the no- number, the amount of money having to divide by a certain number, which might be twenty-seven point five, and that goes down one each year? Are you talking about you know, the the minimum withdrawals and when you uh, of your retirement accounts and retirement yes, age? Yes, I would think. That after after your nineties, you there can't be anything left in there. Zero, none. Right. That they want you to have nothing left. Yeah, the number goes up every year in retirement because they want you to withdraw all that money before you die. That's what they want. So they get their tax dollars from it. Okay, from the regular IRA and four hundred one k. So yeah, it's a formula that changes every year. It doesn't stay the same because you get older every year. That's yeah, so it goes up higher as time goes on. Or so, lower. Well, the, the, you're, you have to take out more money every, every year. Okay. I know a lot of people really hate it. They really do. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Paul. Yeah, that's just how, just how it works. Government wants their tax dollars, everybody. The idea is that maybe in your retirement that you'll be getting much less income. Therefore, your tax rate will be much smaller. That's the hope. On Fridays, I generally take time to fit in a quick rundown of the key benchmark numbers. So let's, let's talk about them. The two-year treasury yield is 2.88. 2.88. Last year, it was 2.96. So... It went down even though the Fed raised rates today, this week. It still went down. The 10-year is 2.64. So the 10-year was 2.77 last week. It went down too. So we have an inversion of the yield curve. And it's starting to look durable, meaning inflation. I mean, meaning recession. Usually, I mean, not you. I'm going to say more stridently. Most of the time, 99.9% of the time, I mean a huge percent of the time, when the yield curve stays inverted for any length of time, a recession follows. So we are in a recession. So now it's how deep is this recession going to go? Gold prices, 1763 per ounce, $1,763 per ounce. Last week was 1728 so it went up. We Two weeks ago, it was 1704 so it's gone up in in the last three weeks. Silver today, $20.23 an ounce, and about a 9% increase over last week. Okay? And that also has gone up the last three weeks. Oil was selling for $99.78 a barrel. Last week was 95, almost 96 cents a barrel. Two weeks ago was 97. Today is 99.78. And $100 a barrel. Let's round it off. Now, three weeks ago was 104. 
So, you know, now if you go back, what, 31 weeks, oh, two-thirds of a year or so, it was $66 per barrel. The national average for a gallon of gasoline, $4.25. Uh, it was four forty one last week. Uh, you know, twenty two weeks ago it was three dollars and fifty seven cents. Now gasoline prices have fallen every day for a number of days in a row, like thirty, forty days in a row. In California, we're still averaging five dollars and sixty three cents. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much, California. It makes no sense that we pay more than anybody else. It really doesn't. But we do. Why? Taxes, special formulas that was it probably does very little as far as helping the environment. They make them change over in the summertime from winter time. I don't know why. I'm not smart enough to know that, but I know they do. Now, if you want to go to the South, like South Carolina, it's three dollars and seventy eight cents. I'm very jealous myself. Just very jealous. <laughs> I would love to have that. Okay, why did the market rise when the Fed increased rates by seven three quarters of a percent? Everybody knew even the whole month of July, the market's gone up. And then on the day that, that they announced this, 0.75, it shot up that day. Okay, NASDAQ was up 4%. S&P was up 2.6%, and the Dow was up 1.4% for the day. NASDAQ up 4%. Remember, that's the growth, in the growth stocks over there. It's likely... It's likely that the market feels that the worst of the aggressive increases from the Fed is over. In other words, I think the market is assuming that we're not going to get three-quarters of percent increases anymore. It's going to go down maybe half a percent, but that is the odds right now, half a percent or less. So the market feel or felt, I think, this is why they did it. The market was pushed up so high. I think they feel the hump is they're over the hump on the interest rate rise. They're still going to rise. They believe it's still going to go up, but the hard part is over. Why do they feel that? Because Powell said so. He says that we were neutral, and any increases in that, any increases in the interest rates going forward will be all will be all about data. Whether the data thinks they should. Otherwise, he feels he's at neutral for the for the economy. In other words, neither accommodative or restrictive. Uh huh. Hey, we're moving into a break. It's Friday. So I'll share highlights from the news. The newest KPP premiums letter goes out tomorrow. Finished it today. I'm you're listening to Invest Talk, everybody, and the phone lines are open. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. The InvestTalk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hello, Stephen Justin. This is Paulo from Germany. I'm looking to add to my position for Edcore Inc. ATKR because I want to get more exposure in industrials, and I found this company which uh, seemed interesting to me. Is it a good time to add at this point, or should I wait till it? gets back like to the low 80s area. In general, do you think uh, this is a good sector, a good industry to get money to work right now? Or would you wait? I love the podcast and thank you. Bye-bye. I would wait. Why? Well, let's take a look at this stock. ATKR at Core Inc. Manufactures electrical and mechanical products for the non-residential construction and industrial markets. Uh, so it's a very cyclical company because it's if the economies, wherever they are located, and this is, happens to be in Illinois, this company, it's a $4.2 billion company, so it's a mid-cap. They're very cyclical. The economic cycle is not strong, and it looks like it's heading down, not up. So you want to buy this kind of stock when the, when the, in the depths of the recession. That's usually when it's fallen its most. So I would wait for it to fall. Now, it's topped 
about 120 or so, a little below 120. And now it's at 99.27. It has a nice move up. I mean, it's moved up from the low of 80s. I think it's going to go back there, retest the 80s. It might go all the way down to 60. So I would not be in a big rush. It's a good, solid company. They make good money. They have great sales. But those sales will fall because we're heading into recession. Uh, something happened in 2020, between 2020 and 2021, because earnings went from 378 to $12.98. And I see that they acquired a, uh, United Poly Systems, and that probably is why the earnings jumped up so much and why sales jumped up so much. So, you know, always pay attention to why something happened. That's why the numbers are looking strong, because they purchased a company. And therefore, their numbers jump. It's very inexpensive. I mean, it's a ninety-nine dollar stock. Going to make nineteen, nineteen over nineteen dollars a share this year, and twelve dollars a share next year. That's huge. That's thirty-six percent fall for next year. So it's still though a cheap stock. I think you just could be patient with this. Okay, let's grab another hive call. Let's go to a cool Coldair in Haywood. Coldair, how you doing, Coldair? I'm doing good. I'm I'm trying to buy Apple and uh, and uh, Google. I want your guidance and your, well, your I opinion. Like, I like both those companies, Apple and Google. I think they're both very strong companies in their respective areas. Uh, they are the leaders uh, by far, and they're huge. Okay, I mean Apple's two point six trillion dollars in size, and Google is. Only $1.5 trillion in size. So, you know, two huge, huge companies. Uh, it's just when do you buy them? When's the best time to buy them? I mean, that's really what everybody, we always want to buy something cheap. I think Google is a good price where it is. It looks like it finds a lot of support around $105 or so. It's 116 So it's been moving up. Uh, and Apple, uh, let's take a look at Apple on a chart. Uh, same thing. Um, I think Apple's very strong, and they've moved up from their bottom, 129. Now they're 162. So you might be a little late to catch this run we're in, but, you know, I do like them a lot. I do. Uh, and I think you should, everybody should have these two in their portfolio. I really do. I should, should I wait? Should I wait? Or for, for Google, I mean, for Apple, should I wait to go down or... It's always tough. Uh, For me, we own Apple. We've owned Apple a long time. Uh, uh, I I think it. You might remember it got down to one hundred and twenty nine dollars and four cents in a month or so, a month and a half ago, and now it's one hundred sixty two. So it's moved up forty dollars or so, thirty dollars or so, thirty two, thirty three dollars, and that's like twenty percent from the bottom. And it's going to have a hard time breaking above $180. I mean, that's where it is, where the resistance starts coming in. But it has numbers. I mean, they've done, they both, they had huge numbers come out, earnings and sales and stuff. And so I think you just close your eyes and buy and put it in your portfolio and don't look at it anymore. You'll be fine. You'll do very well. Okay? Good luck with it. I hope it works for you. Let's go to Mike in, uh, from Georgia. Hi, Mike. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. My, that's right. My fault. My fault. That was a iTunes. He did a survey or a review of, of us on iTunes. So he had a question. Mike from Georgia. I want to find an undervalued stock for the European natural gas situ- situation. 
I've been looking at APA. Would this be a good play? Do you have other suggestions? I can't suggest things. As you know, I can only answer questions. Um, um, APA is out of Houston, Texas, holding in company engaged in the exploration and production of crude oil, natural gas, or natural gas globally. So um, I, I do like the natural gas. I do like oil plays still. Um, and this is going to make $9.60 next year, and it's $37 stock. Still cheap. So I would, I would not have any problem owning this company. I would not. APA, APA Corporation. It's $12 billion in size. You know, but, you know, of course, you got Exxon and Chevron and all the big players out there that you could consider. What you do is you make comparisons, see which ones you like best. You got Oxy, Occidental, uh, um, COP, which is ConocoPhillips. You have MUR symbol, which is Murphy Oil Company. I mean, on and on and on and on. So, you know, there's lots of them. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. ExxonMobil, Chevron, Apple, and Amazon reported numbers this week, and the numbers were really strong. Well, you could kind of expect that with Exxon and Chevron, right? You know, the oil prices, of course, they're going to make tons and tons of money. But Apple and Amazon, it wasn't wasn't a sure thing in this most recent quarter. It was not, but they blew out their estimates. So very strong, very strong. So. That doesn't feel like a recession when you look at those kind of numbers from those kind of companies, does it? It does not feel like a recession. Still have full employment. Uh, even though unemployment claims have been rising for the last four or five weeks, they're still well below 300,000 a week. I mean, what was it, 260, 260,000? That's still good. So how are we going to deteriorate? Really, that's really the question on the economy. Are we going to deteriorate? Is the Fed going to be successful in having a soft landing? Huh. We'll see. But earnings, uh, uh, there's been kind of mixed on some stocks, and but these bellwether stocks look pretty strong. Okay? Just letting you know. Okay, I think it's safe to say that a lot of people are amazed at how how the investment environment has changed, especially over the past year, right? It has changed dramatically. But it has changed, and as investors, you've got to be prepared for that change. You've got to deal with the reality that you're seeing. Try not to invest based on what's happened two years ago and three years ago and four years ago or last year. Don't invest based on what that happened back then. And I'm really worried because a lot of young investors, all they know is that growth stocks work because they've been working so well the last 10, 15 years, and they're young. That's all they know. They have never been in an environment, many investors, many of the young investors, never been in an environment where interest rates rise. And they could rise for a long time. We don't know. Probably that you have to get the idea in your head that the Federal Reserve is going to go neutral with interest rates, but they want to get they want to get to two to three percent on the Fed's fund rates, maybe three and a half. They may have to go to four to five percent if they don't get on top of inflation. 
And remember, that's the that's the overnight rate. If they go to four to five percent, your mortgage rate is going to be eight nine percent. You know, I mean, it's going to be so. It, it's uh, it was very very many years where more thirty year fixed mortgage was six seven eight percent, just common. Okay, and I think we got to get used to the idea that may return. Okay, so we at KPP Financial understand this change. We are we, we we've been talking about it before the change happened, saying it's going to happen. So now where it's happened and it's happening, now what do we do? Well, there's things you got to do. You know, one thing you do if you become a client of ours, one thing I can say that what we do, we do for you is just exactly the same thing we do for ourselves with our own personal money. We call it parallel investing. It's always the same. Me, you, we're always the same. We have five different programs, all having different risk tolerance or risk levels, and you pick which one fits you. And I'm in every one of those programs with my own personal money. So in those programs, now I will say this, I'm older, so I have more money in the more conservative stuff than I do in the more risky stuff. But does that not make sense? Makes perfect sense. So if you want to take a look at your portfolio and try to help you with your risk assessment, we'll take a look at it. We love doing that. You can call our office in Irvine, California, KPP Financial, or you can send us a message through investtalk.com. Say you want to talk to us about your portfolio. Be happy to do it. I think after speaking with us just for a short period of time, less than 10 minutes, you'll get an idea of how Justin and I work and how we will really, what we're trying to do is just help as many people as we can. And of course, we want to manage your money. Of course, we want that. But we also want to help as many people as we can. We want you to understand the risk that you're taking and try not to take more risk than you're comfortable with. That's the key. What are you comfortable with? What do you want to take? And don't say, oh, I want to make lots of money but no risk. That doesn't work. That's not how the system works. If you, if you, if you think, if you, if you think you can do that, if you think that that's going to work for you, then you're talking to the wrong people. You, you're not, should not be in the stock market at all. Okay. Okay. So I gotta hold on. Let me shut this down. People, I mean, everybody I know knows I do a radio show between 4 and 5. And here are one of my nephews is calling me at 4.44. Let's go to Mike in Orange County. Hi, Mike. Yes, hi, Steve. Hey, a question for you. Uh, CDs have come up nicely the last few months. Yes. And um, I'm wondering if you uh, see those to continue to rise. Yes. Um, we have a yes. couple CDs that are maturing, so. Yeah, they will. Uh, we, what we're doing, just so you know, and you can do the same thing with CDs, we're laddering our bonds because interest rates for bonds are rising too, just like CDs. CDs is very, very conservative, so your rates are a little lower, but you can, the principle is the same, whereas as they mature, you go out a little further, okay? And if you can have five or ten CDs, you know, and they can mature every six months to a year, you just run them out a little further because you get more yields, more yields, unless you need the money, of course. So, yeah, it, the interest rates are going to rise, and I think it would be smart, smart to just roll them over into a little longer maturity to get a little more money. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for calling, Mike. That's Mike from Orange County. Orange County. Now, there's Orange County in New Jersey. There's an Orange County in California. I'm in Orange County, California. I'm assuming he's calling from Orange County in California. There's probably an Orange County in New York. <laughs> there's probably lots of Orange Counties. 
All right. Okay, I have, an, I have another iTunes question, uh, Baga. Uh, I've made 18% gains on MRNA. MRNA, I'm typing that into their thing. That's Moderna, okay? Uh, you know, Moderna is the drug maker, right? Right? They're the ones, the one of the ones that have the, the, the um, vaccine for COVID. They have an earnings report coming up, and I, it's and it seems like they have a future for growth because of the COVID strains, monkeypox, etc. Should I hold buy or more or sell? Well, it depends on your outlook. Are you a long-term investor? For instance, Moderna is going to make twenty-seven dollars and seventy-eight cents this year. They made twenty-eight dollars and twenty-nine cents last year. Do you know in 2020, they lost $1.96 per share? And before 2020, they lost money every year for five years? Okay, develops messenger RNA therapeutics for infections, immunology, I can't say that, rare and cardiovascular diseases, okay? I would sell it. Why would I sell it? Because next year, they're going to make $8.19, and the stock is $164. $164 a share. So the PE, the PE is 20. Not interested as their sales and earnings go down because of COVID going away. Not, well, I don't want to say it's going away. It's never going away. Never, ever, ever going away, everybody. We still have the 1917 uh, flu. That last pandemic, 1970, we still have that. We're going to have COVID forever, so just get used to it. But as far as the treatments and uh, taking the various um, uh, vaccines, I think that's going to come way down. Because you already got it. Everybody's got it that's going to get it. And they're not going to keep taking the next one, the next one, the next one. Yeah, they're just not going to do that. So I would take my profits and run. This is InvestTalk. I'm Steve Peace. And we have one goal here, everybody, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now. 888-99-CHART. It's an InvestTalk Friday. Steve Peasley is on duty, and he's happy to provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Okay, the KPP Premium Newsletter will be going out tomorrow. I finished it today, so it gets distributed on Saturday morning. In the market conditions section, I explained that there was a massive amount of important economic news released this week, a lot. And the Federal Reserve, at the same time, increased interest rates. So it was a very noteworthy week. Plus, we had earnings, very good earnings. So I addressed that in the newsletter. Um, I talked about the Case-Shiller Home Price Index. Growth of the housing prices has now turned over. Uh, it's still high. It went from 20.6% annually last month to 19.7%. So, and you're going to see that drop sharply next in the months ahead. New home sales fell from 642,000 in May to 590 in June. That's a pretty huge drop of 52,000 new home sales fall, shrinkage. 
Okay. Pending home sales in May were revised downward last month for last month. Uh, it was up seven tenths percent, but it really was only up four tenths percent. That was for May and June decreased, decreased 8.6%. Remember the month before it increased, even though they reduced the amount of increase. Now it decreased 8.6%. So that clearly shows you a weakening in the housing market and that's not going to stop. It's going to continue to weaken. Okay, when the Fed raises rates, mortgage rates will follow. They're going to go up. Um, how, uh, so the, this week, the Fed met, Reserve met, and the increased rates was, was expected at 0.75%, three-quarters of 1%. So everybody expected that. The market liked it. I, we went over that earlier and why they liked it. So, you know, what's the next move? Remember, the stock market looks forward, not backwards. So move that the stock market made in July – is looking forward that already felt you know that the Fed's rates may no longer be rising like they were. I think that's what you can read the market. That's what it's trying to maybe say. On the other hand, maybe the market hasn't priced in a very deep recession. And what if we get a deep recession? Because the stock market hasn't fallen uh, uh, the, the average reception depth of fall which is 33%, 34%, and it, wasn't, it hasn't fallen that deeply. So we'll see. Okay, uh, and I mentioned uh, that also came out the GDP number shrank 9 tenths of 1% for the second quarter after shrinking 1.6% in the first quarter. Therefore, we're in a recession. I don't care how fast people want to talk that say it's not. You can't just change the definition because it suits your narrative. It is what it is. I will grant you that it's an unusual one with high, high employment numbers so far. It doesn't mean they'll stay there, but it's kind of unusual to have be in a recession and the unemployment numbers haven't already dropped. Okay, that's unusual. Okay. Stock ideas section, I talked about a Belgium-based company. Manufactures lots and lots and lots of beer. Uh, North America, Mexico, Latin America, Europe, Asia, all over the place. Big company. Okay, has a pretty minuscule dividend, for, for my opinion, for such a big company. Also talked about an elevator and escalator manufacturer installation and service company. Okay, uh, operates only two segments, service of the elevators and installing new elevators. And, I'm sorry, escalators too. Does that too. Service and installation. And I kind of like them. I kind of uh, have a great return on equity. Uh, um, that's 12%. And they're going to make $3.19 per share next year. Um, $3.55 um, this year. $3.55 next year. Uh, $3.19 this year. So that looks pretty strong to me. These are stock ideas, everybody. Not that we're not, these are not stocks you go out and buy. They're ideas. You put them on your watch list. Do some research. So that was just a teaser of the KPP Premium Newsletter. If you want to subscribe, you can via and via the website at KPP Financial or investtalk.com, and you'll get it every Saturday. It's, it comes in your email box. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify for Invest Talk. 
Independent thing to share success. This is the best talk, everybody. Oh, we're, we're done for the show. That does mean me. So I want everybody to have a great weekend. Okay? Have a nice weekend. Don't worry about things. And we'll be back here on Monday. Start it again. Night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.